This is Michael's Financial Nuggets podcast with me, Michael Palmer. So I had a general plan on how I wanted to release these podcasts and how I was going to build a flow of information. You know, start with something simple, some general concepts like building a balance sheet and the basics of that. And then slowly get to more complex topics like calculating the standard deviation of your investment or retirement portfolio. But one of my favorite quotes of all time is Mike Tyson saying that everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, with everything going on with markets and banks and commercial real estate debt, politics, and maybe even most specifically how the media sells fear to us, it seems like a lot of people feel like they've been metaphorically punched in the face. So I'm going to go off script today and out of order. I'm not going to talk about your business and how it does in a recession because, well, I'm not an expert in that. Just like in 2020, I wasn't talking to my clients about medical data because I'm not an expert. Today, we're going to talk about my world and specifically recessions. Are we in a recession? I'm still not sure. No one is. It's one of those things you can always see with hindsight. There are indicators to say that we are, and there are indicators to say that we are not. Maybe the bigger question is, are we heading toward a recession? And specifically for me and my clients, a better question is, what happens to invested money during a recession? Well, we're going to talk through all of this today. And I apologize up front because this will be a little data heavy podcast, but it has to be to help you understand. So first, let's just start with the definition of a recession. There are many complex definitions and pieces to this, but the simplest and most common way that people view a recession is a prolonged downturn in the economy or two consecutive quarters of negative GDP. Now, there are a ton of indicators that people like to point to in order to predict recessions, like an inverted yield curve, but frankly, no one can predict a recession. I've received phone calls and emails from clients for years telling me that different people, I, I call them financial entertainers, and I cannot use any specific names on this podcast thanks to compliance, but I've received emails and phone calls consistently telling me that someone, a financial entertainer, is predicting a massive crash and recession. Just a reminder, fear sells. It keeps people coming back better than anything else, and that's how many, many people make their money. You keep coming back. They get more famous. They find some way to make money off of that. But at some point, one of these people will be right. There will be a downturn. There will be a recession. And someone will take a victory lap and tell everybody that they called it, even though they've been calling it for years and years and years, and things were actually great. So what happens to markets in recessions? For today, I'm going to use the S&P 500 to talk through the data. Now, if you are a client of mine, you know that we do not invest solely in the S&P 500. And you also know that the S&P is what the news talks about most of the time, which is understandable. Most people know about Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Meta, Google, Coke. So it's easy for the viewer to understand what the news talks about when they say the S&P or Dow or NASDAQ. I'm going to get into investing in a podcast soon where we are going to take a deep dive into how markets work and where premiums come from. But again, for today, for simplicity, I'm going to talk about the S&P. So according to a Dimensional Fund Advisors piece on the S&P 500 historical annualized returns, that's a mouthful, 
since 1926, the S&P has had three separate 20 to 29% drops. The S&P has had three drops over 30% during that same time frame. So that's six drops over 20% since 1926. So the S&P 500 historical annualized returns, dim dimensional fund advisors, there's some ho quick high level numbers. The S&P has averaged right around 10% rate of return since 1926. And on average, stocks performed worse one year before a recession than during a recession. And in the two years following a recession, returns were positive 82% of the time. So let's just recap that because that's a lot of data. So since 1926, there's been six separate drops of over 20% in the S&P. Yet the S&P has averaged right around 10% rate of return since, that, since 1926 or that time period. And on average, stocks performed worse the year before the recession than during the recession. And in the two years following a recession, returns were positive 82% of the time. Now let's take a look at a somewhat recent recession and talk through it. 2008. Everybody remembers this for the most part, at least to some extent. It was a global financial crisis. Homes were being foreclosed. Massive banks went under. Lehman Brothers, an institution founded in 1847, went under. The fourth largest investment bank of all time. Merrill Lynch had to be rescued by Bank of America. Some people don't know or remember that, but Merrill Lynch is owned by a bank now. But people were losing jobs. You had people crying on TV, telling everyone to get their money out of banks and out of the markets because they were never going to be able to touch their money again and the world was ending. No joke, you can YouTube it. There's literally somebody crying on TV talking through this and he's a pretty popular financial entertainer. Remember, fear sells. So during the recession in 2008, the S&P was down 37%. 37%. So if you had a million dollars at the beginning of the year, you would have had 630,000 at the end of the year. This was a scary time. Think about 2009, homes were still being foreclosed. We had a new president coming in. And if you're a Republican, you thought he was going to make the country socialist or a socialism uh, country. People were still losing jobs. Unemployment was high. What do you think markets were doing? For the first six months, after 2008, the S&P was up 21%. Two years after, it was up 44%. So if you went to cash, you would have missed this upswing. Again, it would have made sense if you did go to cash, giving, given everything going on around you and what you were watching on the news. But you would have missed the upside. More recently, let's talk about the year of 2020. Again, just in the S&P, not any other market. Humor me and just think about 2020 really quick. Think about everything that was going on at the beginning of the year. The S&P declined, went down 35% from February 19th to March 23rd. So that's roughly a month, down 35%. Or really 33 days. People are scared to go outside. People are scared to let Amazon packages inside. We're scared to go to the grocery store. 
And when do you think, you know, most people know that a bull market ended up, uh, ended up happening in 2020. When do you think that bull market actually started? Most people think the summer or maybe early fall, but the bull market actually started on March 24th. That's right, March 24th. Again, most people assume sometime around the summer and the S&P finished up 18% in 2020, even with COVID, social unrest and a presidential election. So here's my point. We know that market downturns are going to happen. We don't know when. No one can predict them. We also don't know when markets are going to go up. No one can predict them. From 2000 to 2020, there have been 5,036 trading days, right? Because the market doesn't open on holidays, not on the weekends. So 5,036 trading days. And if you would have been invested in the S&P during that time, you would have received about a 7.4% rate of return. If you missed the 10 best days, or if your advisor thought you could guess this, or you thought you could guess this, and so you went to cash sometimes, back invested, and, and so forth. So if you would have missed the 10 best days during those 5,036 trading days, your rate of return would have gone from a 7.4% to a 3.3%. And if you missed the 20 best days out of those 5,036 days, you would have only achieved a 0.7% rate of return over those 20 years. Again, I'm going to talk more about all of investments and building portfolios in a, po in a podcast coming soon. But look, think about this logically. If someone could actually predict the future, everyone would have their money with that person. And if they could predict the future, how much do you think they would charge you? And wouldn't we all know about this person? In other words, no one can do it. So being a successful investor is simple, but it's not easy. One of the most basic pieces to investing is to only invest money for long periods. No one can predict short-term movements. Only invest money that you're confident you won't need for a long time. So let me summarize all of this. Recessions are scary. Market drops are scary. Social media makes us think it's even worse and makes it even scarier. It's like turbulence on an airplane. When you're in the middle of it, it feels like it's never going to end. And there's going to be a very bad result that you're not in control of. But what are the chances of you dying in a plane crash that has turbulence? What are the chances of you dying if you jump out of that plane that is experiencing turbulence? Build your balance sheet the right way. Make sure you're protected. Make sure you always have sufficient cash reserves. Make sure you're in a diversified portfolio. Understand your standard deviation in your portfolios. All that means is what is the normal amount of movement in the portfolio. So consider non-correlated assets to the stock market. And most importantly, behave correctly. Don't panic when others do. And if you're a client of mine, you've heard me say this many times, but allow me to worry for you. I'm worrying for you, your money, your future. And if you're not a client of mine, feel free to reach out if I can help you with anything. I know there's a lot going on in the world right now. I think that's enough for today. I'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Now for all of the compliance disclosures. 
Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC, Pass, OSJ 5280, Carroll Canyon Road, Suite 300, San Diego, California, 92121-619-684-6400, Securities Products and Advisory Services offered through Pass, member FINRA, SIPC, Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian New York, New York, Pass, is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Westpac Wealth Partners, LLC, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Pass or Guardian. Insurance products offered through Pass or insurance products offered through Westpac Wealth Partners and Insurance Services LLC, a DBA of Westpac Wealth Partners LLC, California Insurance License Number 0L49687. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that an individual that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by past Guardian or Westpac Wealth, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. The living balance sheet, LBS, and the LBS logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Copyright 2005-2023. The Guardian Life Insurance Company of America. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Indices are unmanaged and one cannot invest directly in an index. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Equities may decline in value due to both real and perceived general market, economic, and industry conditions. Diversification does not guarantee profit or protect against market loss. Market loss. 2023-153-321 expires 325. Georgia Independent Operators Association, GIOA, is not an affiliate or subsidiary of PASS or Guardian.